Well, good morning. Or Senbana, or Dobrutra, or whatever we want to say. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I want to share a little bit of my heart, and then I really want to give us time to actually pray. Um, but sometimes to actually pray, you need to hear a little bit of someone's heart or know who they are. Uh, so the reality is a lot of you don't really know us, so we're going to give a short introduction. Um, we live in Russia, in Siberia. So I want to break your guys' stereotypes. Can you get a picture up here of our Russian friends? Yeah. Uh, that looks like what you think of Russians, right? This jacket that I'm wearing was probably not also your uh, typical what you would think of as, as Russian. We live in a place called Buryatia, uh, home of the Buryat people. They're an uh, unreached or minimally reached people group um, who uh, many of them have never had the opportunity to really hear about who Jesus is. And so that's why we're there. Uh, the Buryats have a really interesting history in that a few hundred years ago, uh, Tibetan Buddhist missionaries came into the area and they brought with them Tibetan Buddhism. Um, and that really took root in large portions of the population. Uh, <clears throat> and, and that creates its own issues. But before that, they had this shamanist religion uh, that really is very similar in a lot of ways to some of the Native Americans. Uh, in fact, they say that the religions of the Native Americans here it came uh, from Siberia. Uh, so they have gods of, or spirits in the, in the mountains, in the, the river, the lake, the whatever, holy places like that. But what's really interesting is you go further back into their history even than that, and they have this story, this legend of there being a, this really powerful god that was above all the others that created everything. But they feel like they can't actually know that god. And so our heart, as we've gone there, is actually to help them know, no, they can know that God. That Jesus is that God, and that their stereotype, that Jesus is the God of the Russians, is not really accurate. That Jesus is actually their path, their, their opportunity to know the God that created them uh, so long ago. And that that God loves them, too. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, there, there's a certain part of me that, that was not sure if we should do no music today because uh, prayer, we often make prayer something so small and re really worship in music and song sometimes helps us to get into a heart where we're understanding that God is amazing and that we are in need. And so I hope that no matter what, that, that that's going to still be a part of what we're doing today is realizing how great God is. Because if we don't really feel like God is great and powerful and loving, and that we are in desperate need of him, then we're never going to pray. Um, but one thing that's true, I don't know if this is true of you guys, I, I, um, I struggle with prayer. I, I, for years, have known prayer, prayer is important. You know, basically every sermon you ever hear either can or does end with the application of you should pray or you should pray more, or you should pray about this, or, or whatever. Um, but so often, I know that prayer is important, but the reality of how I live, it's like, 
somehow I'm missing it. Somehow I, I, I don't have that same whatever it is in my life that's really pushing towards prayer. And my, my guess is I'm not the only one in the room that struggles with that. I think some of it is with our culture where, uh, and, and I grew up small town. There, we, had, we had property, we had things to do, there was, and, and you had to be a doer. And so often I look and I think, of, I got to do stuff. And, and when I think about prayer, my faith is weak and I don't see it. So often I don't see it as actually doing um, and I think that that's a stereotype we need to, to break. Um, <clears throat> and what's really amazing, if you look at history, every time the churches had these moments of just great explosion. I mean, I remember in college reading about these times called the Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening, and, and people were just coming to God in, like, mass and, and giving their lives to him. And, and you look at that, and the... the core of that, there were these people that just prayed. They got together and they were just, I mean, had an amazing life. And I just think, oh man, I want that. I want that. And probably every year, you know, we're getting close to the new year time, right? Every year we make kind of New Year's resolutions or some of us that are a little more uh, you know, spiritual or whatever we put down. This is my commitment for the year or whatever. Ways that I want to grow. I, every year I, I have like Ways that I want to grow, I want to grow in prayer. And so often at the end of the year, I still feel like, oh, man, I want to grow in prayer again. I want to grow in prayer again. Um, but what really struck me is, I, it was about a year ago now, I was reading this book called uh, Contagious Disciple Making. And it had a chapter on prayer. And I was convicted by all the normal things of how the greatest uh, uh, church planters, by, by the way, the Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening, those are just a couple examples Right now, in our time, there are places in the world where the church is just exploding. God is moving in absolutely beautiful, amazing, stunning ways where people in mass are coming to know Jesus. But what was interesting is, is all those places where that's happening, yes, there, there was the pastor and the the church planter and the missionary and the different people like that that had these amazing prayer lives where they're spending three hours a day in prayer and I'm always like oh, yeah 30 minutes is not too bad right I mean so but uh, but what really struck me beyond that was that everywhere where the church was just having this amazing growth there were literally thousands tens of thousands usually of people praying for that group of people, or for that city, or for that area. And I was struck about how seldom I'm calling other people into prayer. And so that's part of what we're going to do this morning. That's why I am really glad that we have the opportunity to lead you guys in prayer this morning, because this is a powerful, amazing thing. And, and we actually have the opportunity to see God work. Uh, but one part of what we want you guys to pray for is to pray for the Boreat people. Uh, and again, how are you going to pray for someone you don't know? And so I'm actually going to let Jamie talk now and let you introduce, let her introduce you to some of our Boreat friends. So we recently moved to a village this summer, and one of our prayers early on was that God would help us to meet people. And the very first day, our kids met a bunch of neighborhood kids and developed friendships with 
the neighbors throughout the summer. But another way that God answered that prayer is that we discovered that people have to walk a really long way to get to the bus stop. And so I started offering people rides as I would drive past them, and lots of people took me up on it. And so it was a great way to get to know our neighbors and um, have conversations with them. And one day, this lady, Tuyana, she was going all the way into the city, and so she rode with us um, for about 40 minutes. And um, she was saying, oh, my daughter, she just sits at home bored all the time. I should send her to your house. And sure enough, a couple days later, she sent her daughter to our house, and um, her name's Altana. And we instantly fell in love with this girl. She's a teenage girl and um, very sweet and very open and was very kind to our kids and the neighbor kids. And she instantly became a part of our hearts. And a couple days later, it was about 5 in the morning, and we didn't have heat yet in our house. And I felt like God was just saying, come get up and pray with me. And I thought, oh, my bed is so warm and the house is so cold. But I trusted that God had something really good. And so I got up and started praying. And this girl came to my mind. And I started praying for her. And and what came to my mind was that we were supposed to invite her to this, um, like, Christian kids camp. And I felt a little nervous about it because we didn't really know her family that well yet. And we just moved to the village. And I didn't want to freak everybody out. But, um, but it was still on my heart to pray, and I mentioned it to our kids that afternoon, and our daughter, Annika, was so excited, she just ran over to Altana's house right away and invited her to this camp, and because we'd already met her mom, um, giving her the ride to the city, she was very happy to send her daughter to camp, and so she went, and it was that week that um, she first heard about Jesus, and she first, she read the Bible for the first time, and she prayed for the first time, and after that camp, her mom told me that she'd read the Bible until 2 in the morning. She was just so hungry to learn about um, what God was saying to her. And then her mom, Tuyana, started to also read the Bible because she wanted to know, what is this that my daughter is reading? And um, I started up with another lady, a Bible study for, for ladies in our village. And they started coming to that and started coming to our home group. And um, it's just exciting to see how God already made some connections early on at our time in the village. And then another story I want to tell is about this guy, Arsalan. And we have um, an English club that's um, it's a way that we can share about Jesus with people but be legal because there are a lot of different laws in Russia now. And so we study the Bible with people and have discussion questions. And this is one of the guys that would come to the club. And Lisa invited him on a hiking trip. And um, for Boreas, it's really important to be in nature. It's a really um, beautiful way for them to just feel connected to um, the spiritual world. And so as they were hiking, they um, had lots of amazing conversations about God and around the campfire at night. And on the day that they were supposed to summit, it was really crowd, cloudy and gray. And so this group of guys, they stopped and they prayed specifically that when they got to the top of the mountain that the clouds would clear away. And sure enough, as you can see, when they got to the top, immediately the clouds cleared away and they could see for miles and it was sunny and beautiful. And Arsalan, um, he just was amazed. He said, this is what we prayed. Your God did this. And when they returned home on social media, he told all his friends this story about how God had cleared the, the clouds on their hike. Um, another story is about our friend. This is my friend Asya. We met her at the market in Russia. Um, we like to drink something called kvass. It's fermented bread water. And we would go to her every, every day in the summer. 
and soon became friends with her. She came to our home group, and we went and visited her in her village, and um, she has a daughter um, who was six at the time, it's the next slide, who got very, very sick, and she was bitten by a tick that carried the encephalitis virus. And she was so sick that the doctor thought that she was going to die. She was in critical condition. And he said that if she did live, she would probably remain paralyzed, and she may even be blind or deaf. And so we asked many people to pray, and we also prayed and prayed. And one night I couldn't even sleep. I was just praying for this little girl and asking God to spare her life. And Asya told me later that that very night she went out into the night, and it was very stormy and rainy, and she just cried out. And she said, God, if you're real, show me. And right at that moment, a bolt of lightning came down in the, court, in the courtyard, and she knew that it was God answering her. And from that moment on, her daughter began to improve and heal. And to this day, she has no permanent damage, and she's a healthy little girl. And that was another way that God has shown himself. And then the last story today that I'm going to share is about a boy named Alex. He's also a teenager, and he's blind. And I feel like God has something really special for Alex. He's been on my heart since I met him. And um, last spring, um, he came to a ladies' English group that I had, and I was talking with him about Jesus, and he was very um, angry. He said, that is all a bunch of propaganda. Jesus is not real. Do not talk to me about him. And um, again, we asked people to pray, and we prayed for him. I ran into him about a month later in a parking lot with his mom, and he was so angry, he just turned his back and didn't even want to greet me or say hello. Um, but they ended up coming to our English camp this summer. And at that camp, um, something changed inside of Alex's heart. He was in Leaf's discussion group, and um, during their times of talking about faith, he said, I do believe that Jesus is the creator, that he is God, and um, he was just filled with joy at this camp. He was a different person, and um, he doesn't think that he's old enough to have a relationship with God yet, a personal relationship, which we know isn't true, but God is definitely at work in his heart and in the heart of his mom. Um, I'll just add one more part of the story. Uh, because he's blind, um, shamans, like they're kind of like the local witch doctor. They like to take um, people who are blind and make them into future shamans. And uh, because they believe they have a deeper connection to the spiritual world. And his mom, Anya, lives in a lot of fear that Alex will be turned into a shaman one day. And um, she, in her mind, believes that Jesus is real. But she feels like it's too much of a risk to put her trust in him. So um, after the summer, we can see she asked lots of questions of people and talked about Jesus a lot. And we can see that he's working in her heart. But something that all of these stories has in common is prayer and how God did answer prayer and call people to pray. And um, it's exciting to see how he's at work. And it's exciting to think about um, many more people that he's at work in their lives too and the other things that he wants to do too.